Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, if you seek his monument, look around you, it's Arturo Zurita. If you seek the Justice League Snyder Cut, supposedly you need to go to Tom and Jerry, (laughs) if that's not the best promotion... From probably Tom. Tom's probably yeah. the one who pulled. No, no, no. Jerry's probably the one who pulled that. He wanted to make sure <laughs> that, that seems the, more like a Jerry. Move. That seems more like a Jerry move. Which uh, we are Team Jerry here, right, Zach? Yeah. Uh, wait. No, I'm Team Tom. How did we get this oh. confused? All I'm right. Always. Then we need someone to someone to break the tie. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to break the tie between longtime cartoon <laughs> foes, or to help us talk about a big time director, we need a big time guest. So hallelujah, it's Austin. Hey, say I Austin. Team Jerry in the house. Let's oh. go. <laughs> Let's go. All right, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> he just interrupts Tom's good time all the time. I just I I'm a fan of cats. What can I say? In a little bit, we will talk about Watchmen, Man of Steel and all of Zack Snyder's movies, including the Owl one. But first, <laughs> make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on youtube.com slash intercutpod or the audio podcast available on most <laughs> podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, or Instagram. We are at intercutpod. That's at intercutpod. That's short for podcast. You can also catch the link to our Discord in the description below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It makes me happier than taking a bucket of popcorn and pouring some bunch of crunch in it. Man, I I miss the movie theaters, guys. (laughs) miss it. They're going to say Snyder making his movies taller and taller and taller and taller. Shout out to Yasenia for calling the podcast enjoyable and witty, writing, I can't Aww. believe I hadn't subscribed until now. I can't really believe it either. But it's never too late <laughs> to become an intercutie. Thank you for signing up. Art, the Snyder Cut is yes, nearly here. Mm-hmm. HBO Max is getting ready to release Zack Snyder's four-hour redux of the they Justice have. League movie. And actually, late-breaking news, like you said, they may have released some of it a little bit early on the uh, Tom and Damn Jerry you, Jerry. Uh, there's a weird leak where people tuned into Tom and Jerry and accidentally saw two hours, I believe, of the Snyder Cut. There's a, there's a lot of chat on, online. Yeah. What do you think about this whole uh, conspiracy publicity well, stunt? I mean, it's only, perhaps. it's only a tenth of the movie from uh, <laughs> what we've been hearing, so it's not really that much, but yeah. I don't know how that happens. We actually started taking screenshots of it because Alina noticed that it said Tom and Jerry do not use on her profile for HBO. And then all of a sudden it just like went down. So all I know is that HBO and South by they must be owned by the same people because nobody <laughs> knows what they're doing when it comes to this that side of tech. Interesting. I, I don't believe the conspiracies that it's like an attack on Zack Snyder. Ah, you can't give someone 70 mil <laughs> to redo the movie they already did right. and then try to like. I don't know, belittle it, but he seemed to be a good sport about it. He was over on Beyond the Trailer laughing about it, and uh, it, it stinks because I know he doesn't want the critics to belittle it before it comes out. He wants everyone to enjoy it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been noted as possibly getting a screener link before it comes out. I think all three of us have been yes. noted. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen, but uh, we'll see if we get that one to to be able to discuss it a bit early. Yeah, Austin, what do you think? Grand conspiracy against Zack Snyder's vision or or bad technical failure on HBO's part? Yeah, all I know is I was refreshing. 
and refreshing. And, <laughs> all right, and I've never wanted to watch this version of Tom and Jerry so much. Like, even before the movie came out, like, I was just on it. Because, you know, if we don't get the screener, then we're all going to be yeah. up at 3 a.m. in the morning watching it. So. For- Four hours, for yeah. Four hours. So what a what a stressful time it was yesterday for that thirty minutes. But mm. um, I'm sure a lot of people got a got a nice little what first, like you said, first tenth uh-huh. of the Snyder cut. So that's interesting. Yeah. And look, if this was a publicity stunt, it might have brought in Tom and Jerry's biggest that's single what I'm day saying. viewership. Oh Those pigeons so I, just kept singing and singing and singing, and I was like, please, just <laughs> and that's, hallelujah. That's what I kept seeing. I'm like, it's you know, on pigeons. Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the far side, but not that much, I guess. What better time than now, though, to look back at Zack Snyder's career from music videos and commercials to spearheading the DC Cinematic Universe. Zack Snyder has established himself as one of the most unique action filmmakers in the industry, particularly as an adapter of comic book characters, not just with DC, but with films like 300 and Watchmen. Mm -hmm. We'll get into our bracket in just a moment. But Austin, kick us off. What does a Zack Snyder Mm. movie mean to you when i think Zack snyder i think um well at this point i I think comic book adaptation or or uh graphic novel adaptation because he's been doing so many recently but it's his Mm -hmm. visual style right we often my criticism at least is often you know the story doesn't quite work or maybe i'm i'm lacking in character development but when i think of his films i automatically go to just the bold visuals uh the slow-mo the 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 colors that really pop and that is the biggest positive i can give most of his projects seem to fall into that category. So that's kind of my mindset going into this. A lot of great visual styles throughout his filmography. Even with the Owl one, I started playing the Legends of Gohul. Yes. They start doing these like slow motion. I thought Martha was going to die again. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> that's the thing he's known for the most. That's why, what does it say on the trailers? From visual, oh, well, yes. visionary. The visionary director. <laughs> it's been cemented. Yeah, there's a dynamic quality to the visuals in his movies that is, in a way, kind of hard to describe. It's like sometimes it's like he's popped an Instagram filter up and turned it all the way to 100. Vero filter, please. (laughs) I don't know if I describe any of his non-Watchmen movies as colorful, but his use of color is really excellent. A lot of big budget superhero or superhero adjacent movies have these muddy gray textures, and I think his films look dark without ever tipping over the line into looking drab, if that makes sense. I agree. And a lot of really people really respond to that style. A lot of people find his aesthetics to be over the top, and personally, I kind of feel like I see the sides of both arguments. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about how we none of us knew he had directed a My Chemical Romance music video. <laughs> so I think he definitely gets into that side of the moviegoer angst that a lot of people like and gravitate towards. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think the biggest criticism he gets isn't on his visual style. It's like we said, yep. it's how he approaches the story. Yet his fans, that's what they love the most. Mm-hmm. They think that the way he builds his character is that, that he just gets to the heart of what they feel a lot of others don't. So it'll be interesting to break all these down as we pit them against each other. Well, and one thing I found extremely interesting is going back and seeing all of that play out within his music videos, except you don't really have to worry. You let kind of the song uh, play us through the story so you don't... You don't have as big of a critique of anything beyond his visual style. So um, to go back and see those, a lot of these I didn't even know he directed was interesting. It's it's almost like this this different side of Zack Snyder as a director, and I I liked seeing that. Same with the shorts. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, that's that's something that you see in his shorts and something you see in his music videos. I think there is a world. And I was reminded of this idea watching the opening of Sucker Punch, where mm. maybe Zack Snyder would work better in somewhat of a silent film context. Obviously, he, the modern uh, qualities of, of camera uh, design lend so much to what he does. So I, I don't know if I want to see like a 1930s version of Zack Snyder. But when he does <laughs> drop the actual dialogue and lets his visuals tell the story, sometimes that's his most powerful material, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I'm somebody who does not always jive with how he writes his characters, but I'm consistently impressed with what he puts on screen, even if sometimes uh, it's not necessarily catered to my taste. It's striking, mm -hmm. you know? Agreed. I don't mind Snyder. I'm not going to say I'm over here on the camp. I wasn't always saying hashtag release the Snyder Cut. I've never had a problem with the man, but I understand his take on certain prolific characters is definitely what started to cause a divide, a divide, a divide until it became... I don't know what you would call it. Now. I feel a lot of people are excited for the new releases that he has. So I don't know. Maybe it tipped one way and now it's tipping back the other way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into it here. We've got 16 selections, uh, the eight feature films, five music videos, two short films, and one documentary that Zack Snyder yeah. has tied his name to that we've assembled in this bracket. As always with our brackets, we seed them with the top seed going to the oldest piece of material and the bottom seed going to the newest piece of material. That means in our first round, we have Love is a Crime, his very first music video by Lizzie Borden, matched up against Justice League, the most recent feature film <laughs> to bear his name. So this is going to be a complicated battle since there's obviously some feelings yeah. about Justice League. But also, uh, let's talk a little bit about Love is a Crime. You know, Snyder's first music video released in 1989. You know, everybody's got to start somewhere. And this one is a very characteristically 80s mm -hmm. hair metal video with weird slow-mo and gratuitous shots of a sexy woman unrelated to the rest of the video. I... I I know most people are going to be mixed on just uh, Justice League, particularly Zack Snyder fans. But Austin, I don't think we're going to let a Lizzie Borden music video win in the first round, are we? Yeah, we can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, it's tough because this is so '80s. It is so just straight what you think of when you see an '80s music video. But my yeah. just, and it didn't really start that way. I, I like a lot of others. I watched Justice League for the first time. Like, oh, it's it's fun. Yeah, well, yeah, uh huh. But it slowly turned into something that I, I just don't think I respond to near as well as I mm -hmm. used to. So I, I'm so torn with this. I'm so part of me <laughs> is like gearing towards that '80s, but I just don't know right? how you put it over that uh, over a full length feature oh, because movie. it's just so kind of kind of cliche, you know. I mean, if I'm forced to rewatch one, I might choose the music video because it's shorter. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put Art, it. Art, what do you got here? If y'all are going to pick Justice League and you're moving on, I know it's not going to go further, but I want to be on the record as going, I am not voting for Justice League, a bastardization, <laughs> something that should not even get the vote in a Zack Snyder bracket. At least Lizzie Borden, the 1989 music video is directed fully by Zack Snyder. I didn't think a music video would win any of these rounds. To me, it does. I'm with you. All right. I mean, I'm with you. Let's do it. All right. I'm so in. I guess we're going with uh, the very first music video Zack Snyder's ever made <laughs> rather than the movie that he hasn't even seen. You know, just a reminder, we are going 
Whedon cut, not Snyder. Yeah, that's cut why. Here. That's why. That's why we have not so, seen Snyder cut yet. But I will. I will say this: what wasn't cut from the Lizzie Borden was all the hair. What was cut <laughs> from the Justice League was there. So we're going for Lizzie Borden. Any parting words for Justice League? Uh, bye. Rest in peace. <laughs> Good riddance. <Yeah. laughs> Rip in peace. This is what the kids say. Yeah. There you go. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the next matchup, which is Michael Jordan's Playground versus Snow Steam Iron. (laughs) So Zack Snyder got a chance to make a Michael Jordan documentary back in 1991. Mm -hmm. It's honestly cool to see this, too, because this is Michael at the beginning of his ascent. 1991 was also the year of the first first Bulls championship. You could say this is Zack Snyder's the first dance, maybe. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) there is a there is a weird fictional storyline here where michael tries to coach up a kid who didn't make his basketball team it it, this is also a thing that feels very dated feels very early 90s it is interesting though i think you can see a touch of snyder in some of the camera movements there's all these dynamic sweeping shots like even of just the coach picking players out the camera is moving around him so he's he's got grander aspirations than what looks like a made for tv special it's also only 42 minutes it's on youtube so i do recommend people to catch it because i also find it interesting how it like you said it's right before he becomes the michael jordan we all know so the way they're talking Mm -hmm. about him is people are are placing their bets you're going to remember this man in 30 years Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to see mm-hmm. them talk about Michael Jordan before he becomes... He was already big by that time, but he did not have the six rings under him. Um, but I agree. The 90s. The 90s musical numbers. <laughs> the they dance were, number. They were shuffling. They had the early floss before it became the floss almost. Um, <laughs> I'm choosing it. I like it. I think it's a nice little time capsule of it. And I have nothing Whoa. against the short. I like the short as well. Maybe you guys will pick that one. I'm not sure. Ah. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, I, I I think I'm going the other direction only because the, after seeing, if I wouldn't have seen The Last Dance, which I know we just mentioned, um, mm-hmm. maybe this would have been like, oh, like a nice little in. But after getting what I believe to be the ultimate documentary, even though it's years and years right. later, it's hard to go back. And again, that time capsule aspect, I think it worked a lot better with the 80s music video and the hair. So in this case, I'm going with the short and the short wasn't anything magnificent, but I liked the visual element to it. And, um, you know, I got a little bit more, I think, out of it than the Michael Jordan dog. So that that's the direction I lean. Yeah, and I think this is ultimately a Zack Snyder bracket and the interesting thing about Michael Jordan's playground is Michael Jordan, not Zack Snyder. I agree. Uh whereas Snowstream Iron is definitely a very Zack Snyder project. <laughs> Bye Michael. <laughs> Our next matchup is to Tomorrow by Morrissey versus Batman v Superman. Ooh. This is the an, another early music video from Zack Snyder. Uh, much like some of the Snyder Cut promotional material, the music video too is in black and white. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. built around this long take of Morrissey walking through these European alleyways. And I think you see this style of music video a lot nowadays. But at the time, I don't think it was nearly as prevalent, uh, this kind of extended long tape yeah. take with the band. And it's nothing mind-blowing, but I thought that was worth noting, at least. So I'm taking it over Batman v Superman. Well, you are wow. crazy, <laughs> Wow. Batman v Superman over the Morrissey one. But, but I agree with you. The Morrissey music video is interesting. He's being followed by, like, three dudes as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with that. Martha. I have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm slightly factoring in... 
the ultimate edition. And normally I'm not the kind of guy that's like... Great point. Seriously, because, you know, a lot of times these extended versions and director's cuts, they come out it's and it doesn't really add a lot. I think that version adds so much to Superman's story. Now, it doesn't help what is already present, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which I still have a lot of issues with. But I do think it adds something. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Batman v Superman. Uh, but again, I like the music video. It's just there wasn't as much to it maybe as I wanted. And that'll be interesting when we start discussing the different cuts that he has. Yes. I went and I got all the movies. Somehow <laughs> got Dawn of the Dead twice. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when it comes to the different cuts that he has, like Watchmen has three different cuts. Yes, Dawn does. of the Dead mm-hmm. has two different cuts. I don't think yeah. 300 does. Mm-hmm. Um, just how drastically different. They are, but I think out of all the cuts that he's had, I think BVS has, uh, it's drastically better. Yes. Seeing the ultimate versus all the other ones. Yeah. All right. So we're going with Batman v Superman there. The next matchup is World of Swirl by ZZ Top (laughs) versus Man of Steel. Uh, If you watch the World of Swirl video and you wonder, why is Pauly Shore randomly in this militaristic ZZ Top video? That's because this was actually a tie-in with... Polly's 1994 comedy in the army now. Art, how familiar are you with the comedy stylings of Polly Shore? <laughs> I know Polly Shore. I can't say that I go back and have his filmography. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah, I know that's my, my level two. I have nothing else interesting to say about this one. The most interesting footage is from a movie that I haven't and will never see. This is a huge stretch, but I think if you want to, you could say the yellow tint to this video is like a young Zack Snyder experimenting with the look that eventually Bro, became 300. That's what I was thinking. It's good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Man of Steel. Uh, I don't think that's true, but it might make for a good film school essay to, <laughs> to anybody out there. Yeah. Is anybody going to take this one over Man of Steel? Nah. No. Yeah. All right. So Man of Steel moves on. On our next matchup is an exciting one. Desolation Row by My Chemical Romance versus Sucker Punch. The Desolation Row music video is My Chemical Romance performing at a concert that starts to get overly violent. So the cops come in and break it up. There's some cool shots in this. Not I wouldn't say the most memorable music video, but a a striking one. And it's also the song that plays over the Watchmen end credits. Uh, Austin, you, you say you got a soft spot for My Chemical Romance. Do you do you like this video more than Sucker Punch? I do. I seem I feel like a crazy person right now. I'm I'm going the music video again. It is I, I guess from uh, you know the the familiarity perspective, it is a bit more of a standard music video. But man, mm-hmm. I just My Chemical Romance, Zack Snyder's visual flair, and my heart, mm-hmm. my nostalgic heart is beating the whole time during that music video. Sucker Punch, some interesting visuals, but the story. Is a big yeah. old problem for me, so I'm going crazy <laughs> with the music video, My Chemical Romance, baby. Let's go. Interesting. <laughs> Join me. Sucker Punch is the one that did not come in. It's still somewhere in the mail. I don't know who's got it. I, I text Jeff Bezos. I said, where is my copy? It's still somewhere in Seattle. Um, so that's the only one I have not had the chance to rewatch out of the entire filmography. Mm. But... When I tell you I am very well versed in the story, it is because I have homies who sat me down with a dissertation about why they believe the themes in that movie are misunderstood. And I asked them, what class was this for? That man did it for fun. But (laughs) he broke it down to me and he made me like it a little bit more. He compared it a lot to the way that he's able to cover the stuff in that movie and a lot of the hypersexuality. 
between the females in that film compared to the hyper masculinity in the men in mm-hmm. 300. And I think he gave like a mm-hmm. really interesting breakdown through it. I was really looking forward to watching it again. Uh, I will pick Sucker Punch over it because I think it does have a lot of memorable moments. It has a young, our boy, Oscar Isaac's in it. I always forget Oscar that he's Isaac's in that film in as well. Oh my God, you're yeah. right. John Hamm is in it. Oh my God. So yeah. I, I have to pick it over, over, uh, over the My Chemical Romance one only because I can think of 10 My Chemical Romance yeah. music videos from that same era that I would pick over it. So uh, Sucker mm-hmm. Punch, the one that I really want to rewatch the most. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Austin in the sense that I really am not a fan of the story in Sucker Punch at all. I, I, I think if you want it's, to it's read into it, there's there's stuff there, but I, I don't really find it effective. Yet there's so much to the visuals that are that are so unique that I I just feel like it's worth at least bringing you down to the next round. Yeah, I can see. That. Yeah, it's just such a such a uh, striking, unique video. Of, mm-hmm. Excuse me, film. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to eliminate it quite so early. I need my so. copy, Bezos. <laughs> so, yeah, we will advance Sucker Punch, say farewell to My Chemical Romance for now, uh, and move on to one more first-round matchup, the Hanukkah o Hanukkah video Bro. with Ezra Miller and Dan Fogler versus Legends of the Guard, Legend of the Guardians. So let's talk about Hanukkah o Hanukkah because this one piece of content in our bracket is actually not directed by Zack Snyder. He's just a camera operator still feels like it's worth mentioning because of just how odd this is. Ezra and Dan were the ones who directed this. And my, my thoughts are what, what the hell? Like what, <laughs> you had what no even, idea when I said even as to a, you. even as a Jew, like what is going on here? Why? Also how <laughs> they took a break between fantastic beasts and made this, fantastic freak of a music video. That's what they did, Zach. I, I just can't imagine the conversation that preceded the decision to have these two do an oddly violent, occasionally horny, heavy metal cover of a traditional Yiddish folk song, like, in support of a transphobe's children's charity. Like, how early in that conversation did the director of Justice League get roped in to operate the camera? There, there's... There's no way this one's advancing, guys, but what is going on so here? put it on people's radar. This is actually something that's out there. I think it's available on YouTube as well. A very interesting thing. Austin. Yeah. I'll take the, um, I'll take the Owl movie for 500 bomb. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of... And the Owl movie wasn't that bad rewatching it. It was actually pretty yeah. good. Well, it's actually one that like I have a little bit of nostalgia for just because like the time mm-hmm. period that it came out. And I was mm-hmm. it was... Again, with the visuals, you wouldn't think so in a movie like that, but I, I thought that actually worked. And not that I hated the the Hanukkah one, but I'm just like, what's going on here, y'all? I can't figure it out. So I was just a little Stick confused. to Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Yes. <laughs> it is a it is a curiosity for sure. And, yeah. Uh, you know, if if the names Ezra Miller and Dan Fogler pique an interest, then you should check it out just to have seen it. Yeah, we're we're gonna go with Legends of Legend of the Guardians. I keep wanting to say Legends of the Guardians. Mm. It's it's Don't got really like know why. yeah, it's got a couple of different names. Some people have it as uh, Guardians of Gohul. Then it's yeah. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gohul. So there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, most people know it as the Owl movie. So yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> the Lost Tape versus Watchmen. So the Lost mm-hmm. Tape is a short that appeared as a DVD extra on yeah, Dawn did. of the Dead. Uh, interestingly, another one that is maybe not directed by Zack Snyder, because it says very special thanks to Zack Snyder. Yeah, but I saw that. There's no credited yeah. director. IMDb None. has him credited as a director. <laughs> Letterboxd weird. has nobody credited as a director. 
So I kind of want to give him credit there here since yeah. it does come from his movie. Uh-huh. Again, if, if you don't remember, it, it it's about the dude who's across from them in Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Uh, who does the whole, like, Taylor Swift sign thing <laughs> uh, throughout the movie. So... Yeah, no, it, it's a cool kind of expansion to the universe that we see in the movie in giving us another perspective on one of the characters. I feel like this actually would have made like a killer Cloverfield era viral yeah. marketing campaign. You know, had yeah. it only come maybe a couple years later. Yeah, because it was all four. It's not good enough that I'm going to say we take it over Watchmen, but oh, it, no, no, it's no. interesting. Yeah, because even Watchmen includes, uh, with the ultimate cut that I was watching, it puts the, the tale of the Black Freighter. I don't know if you guys checked that one out. It would be what the kid is reading throughout the movie. He's reading that pirate comic. So when they had oh. the release for the movie, they actually animated it. So in the ultimate cut, when you're watching Watchmen, it, said, it credits Gerard Butler in the movie. Interesting. And everyone was like... Hmm. Who does Gerard Butler play? It's because they splice in that, I want to say it's like 45-minute short, which is the comic that the kid's yeah. reading to life, animated. Um, he does, Gerard Butler does the voice for the pirate. So that's, yeah, the more you know. Wow. Um, but uh, again, I, I don't think he's credited as director for that one, but because they splice it into the ultimate cut, he sometimes does get credited huh. because he is the director of the overall movie. So, yeah, very, very interesting. The extra workings that he does and all these like little side uh, stories that go with his movies as expansions. But I, too, am going Watchmen. Yeah, I like yeah. the Watchmen uh, director's cut. Ooh, yeah. I would, Some people will say ultimate. I would probably agree with you on the director's cut, actually. I think mm -hmm. that's my favorite. Um, you know, it, it's it was interesting. It was interesting. I like seeing the, the, the side story, if you will, and. It, it does feel like something that we've seen before that kind of, all right, we have this one guy in this one location. Obviously, they're flashing back to the daughter. So I liked it. But again, it's not enough to go over Watchmen because there's just I have so much Home fascination movie. with that film. And like you said, the director's cut is just we're, we're, we'll get into it more. We'll get into we'll, it. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So our last first round matchup, it's our only matchup in the first round between two movies. <laughs> It's 300 <laughs> versus Dawn of the Dead. Come on, uh, boys. Come on, boys. This is boys. Zack Snyder's very first feature versus maybe the feature that kind of made him Zack Snyder. I think you can argue that. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two different movies that I think were at the beginnings of certain waves in their genres. We had the modernization of the zombie genre, giving you like running zombies and more of like a, a anti-establishment attitude, I guess, mm -hmm. that stemmed from Dawn of the Dead. And then you have the visual flair of a movie like 300, which really initiated a lot of uh, action sequences that mm -hmm. had these dynamic camera movements that had these speed ramps and crazy slow motion effects. So I guess it's what era of filmmaking mattered a little bit more to you. Art, do you have a preference between these two? Zach, when I accidentally bought you got two, two of copies them. of Dawn of the Dead, <laughs> I went, how? But I wasn't mad, baby. But it's okay. Dawn of the Dead all day. Hmm. Wow. Y'all got the other one? I... Don't. I have Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is the one. Whoa. It's the one for me. I was trying to swerve you a little bit. No, man. Cause <laughs> you had me a little bit. I was like, whoa. Because whoa, whoa. <laughs> here's the thing. I like 300, right? It's one of those, you know. It's, I, no, I, it's great. It is. It, it's thoroughly entertaining. But Dawn of the Dead, like you said, almost that that uh, that one that came out. And it's like, we can do we can do zombie movies again. But we can do them different. We can do Honestly. them interesting. And man, 
What a fun movie that is. I got to go Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It still holds up to it, man. It does. Still to this day. It does. And yeah. that's a version that's got the uh, the unrated cut or like the, I, I don't know what it goes by. Oh, interesting. Oh, unrated director's cut. Oh, I haven't seen the that. The theatrical, it, it's good. Okay. It adds a lot of extra gore and stuff. Ooh. The theatrical is better. The way the theatrical really? just puts you into it. I will never forget the beginning of that movie because MTV had like the first 10 minutes and I was like, mom, we're going to the theaters and watching this bad boy. <laughs> It's one of the one of the earliest. I don't want to say mm. the earliest, but I mean, this is back in '04. Yeah, theater experiences and just the, the craziness of that movie. Alina had seen it for the first time, and she also was was entranced by it as well. Yeah, I want this bad boy to go a long way. I will also say <laughs> I got a digital copy because uh, this one isn't playing anywhere from what I know. I think it's just Stars that's got it on streaming. Mm. So I wanted to make sure that I got a digital copy with it. It expired 2012, uh, December 2012, so <laughs> it did not work. So you can't use that one. <laughs> so I can't use it, but at least I got two copies. Zach, would you have gone? Yeah, you know, I actually do think I would have gone 300 uh, uh-huh. in in getting the chance to rewatch it for the first time since, I think, literally since 2006. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised by how well I think it holds up as kind of a unique piece of action filmmaking. I don't think people quite remember how revolutionary this movie's visuals felt it is. when 300 first it is. came out. Yeah. Every single frame of this movie looks like it was touched up in Photoshop. I, I put on Letterbox that every fra- every shot looks like it could be a downloadable desktop wallpaper. I think they are. Um, <laughs> most movies, especially historically adjacent films, I feel like shooting entirely against green screens would be a disadvantage. But somehow Snyder uses that to craft this like epic imagery undistracted by real-world elements or real-world physics. Mm-hmm. Good. It's a movie that's so holy itself that I, I kind of respect it a lot. I don't know. I don't think this is the best movie that Zack Snyder has ever made. But I kind of think this is the best Zack Snyder movie that Zack Snyder has ever made. I agree with you. I can see that. Yeah. And this is during the, the period where everybody was, well, I want to say everybody, but there was a lot of Frank Miller adaptations that were happening with Sin City yep. uh, also being released around this time as well. I'm looking at what the fans had said over on LME, and they had 300 as the winner at this point in time. So I can see a lot of people being upset. I'm sorry. But he didn't come back to direct the 300 sequel. My man came back (laughs) to Netflix to make the follow-up to this along with a series. So I will argue for Dawn of the Dead, but it sucks. I've asked Zach, sometimes we need to put the brackets a little bit different. I would have loved to see 300 go a little bit further. (laughs) But if you're going to put it up up against Dawn of the Dead, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. That's one of the challenges of doing the bracket. Sometimes you get a heartbreaking matchup in the first round and 300 goes out early. (laughs) So (laughs) let us know how badly we screwed up in the comments section (laughs) if if you really need to. Before we get into the second round, we wanted to take a moment to thank the Academy, the intercuties that have generously supported us through Patreon. They are Andrew Christensen and Tushar Sharma. If you too would like to support our show, head to patreon.com slash intercutpod where you can get access to our episode outlines, the show's private Discord channels, even get early uh, early access to the podcast episodes themselves. The rewards start as low as $1. So shout out to all you intercuties out there. And once again, thank you to the Academy. Guys, let's get into the second round. Only good Zack Snyder material from here on out. <laughs> Funny I said that, though, because our first matchup Lizzie is Borden. Lizzie Borden, <laughs> Love is a Crime, versus Dawn of the Dead. 
Really? So we okay. have one more chance to praise the hair metal and slow-mo action in Lizzie Borden's music video by before bidding it goodbye, finally. Yeah, I mean, his first music video versus his first feature-length film. Interesting yeah. little matchup to have, but it's Dawn of the Dead all the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Let's go to Sucker Punch versus Man of Steel. Definitely feels like something that's the, the more traditional Zack Snyder versus the most outlandish Zack Snyder. Uh, Sucker Punch being a movie that maybe only would come from a guy like him and Man of Steel being the most the most close to a mainstream vehicle that I guess you would say, although there's plenty of Snyderisms to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there's a lot of people who feel like this is the perfect representation of the Superman character or this is the worst representation of the Superman character. I still think I find it more interesting than Sucker Punch, which to me, you know, I don't know. It feels like an American live-action anime. Uh, You could easily watch this and say, why is any of this happening? But on the other hand, it's kind of like, why not? It makes zero sense to have a fight scene between a biplane and a fire-breathing dragon, but also, it's a movie. Make it happen if you can and want to. It's not what I look for in a movie, but it's so completely itself that I guess I kind of respect Sucker Punch a lot here. I don't know. I'm having a little trouble choosing. Uh, Austin, do you have a... Do you have a, a leaning in this matchup? Yeah, I am I am very, very heavy Man of Steel because Man of Steel is actually one of those Zack Snyder movies that I defend to the death, even though... Not to the death. Let's Sorry, die. guys. Not to the death. Okay. Not to the death. Okay. So, <laughs> I was like, all right. I don't want to hurt you guys. Okay? <laughs> um, but but it is, um, it's a film that's gotten significantly better over time for me because I actually started out in like the, it's good, but I've got my Christopher Reeve, and now I'm like, I'm Henry Cavill. Okay, so I've really just kind of, I've jumped to the other side, man, and it's taken a couple of rewatches to get there, but I've always had the urge to go back and rewatch it, whereas Sucker Punch, at one time, was good, so that's all, that's about all she got. (laughs) Sucker Punch, I would pick it over the Sears commercial that we get in the middle of Man of Steel. Man of Steel would be at the bottom of my Snyder list, because I feel at this point, he's still under the production of Nolan, and what Nolan was trying to produce there. And then it's in BVS, and it's everything oh. afterwards where he starts coming back. He's able to implement a little bit more of what we saw mm. in Watchmen in that adaptation. But Sucker Punch is all him. It, the ugliness of the story, like it or not, I think yeah. that is him at much better direction. I will say, though, in terms of Man of Steel, I do like it more every single time I, I rewatch it. Yeah. I hope that if we ever do a Dragon Ball Z movie, we get the same VFX team that did <laughs> Man of Steel to be able to do, to do it. But let's go. Zach, which one you got? This is tough because it's like, do I pick the visually dynamic, unique movie that has a story that actively bothers me, I would say? Or do I pick maybe the the underwhelming superhero flick? Uh, I think I'll go Man of Steel here. It's it's really close, but... Oh, boy. Oh, what a sucker punch. Oh. Yeah, but R.I.P. Sucker Punch. I, I feel like I'm not going to be my girlfriend's favorite person after this because that's maybe her favorite Zack Snyder really? movie. Sucker Punch. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but I would. Out. Yeah. No. I'm. Shout out to Sucker Punch. I, when it gets here, I might have to do a video on it. <laughs> yeah. I have to rewatch it. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Zack Snyder's radical feminist movie. I guess. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. Continuing the second round, 
Batman v Superman versus Legend of the <laughs> Guardians. Before I ever uh, saw Legend of the Guardians, I kind of wondered who is this movie for. And now that I've seen it, I still kind of don't know who this movie is for because it looks really amazing. But it's almost like too photorealistic. The Bro. owls are both cute and deeply creepy yeah. uh, for a PG movie. It's a pretty interesting story, but I did find it a little bizarre. Austin, I know you said this is one that has a special place in your heart. Are you going to take Legend of the Guardians above Batman v Superman? Come on, Austin. It does have a special place in my heart. Uh huh. The thing is, the thing, is, and this is weird because I've I've never defended Batman v Superman before. I've never defended Do it. it. This is going to be <laughs> odd. Okay. Go but for again, it. But again. I'm factoring in the Ultimate Edition, and I'm factoring in yes, all of the nice little nuggets and moments that we get for our characters. Mm. And maybe as a whole, maybe as a whole, it's not a perfect film, right? But a lot of that really holds up. So if I had to choose, and my little old heart had to, had to pick, I would go <laughs> with Batman v Superman as my choice. Batman v Superman on this camp over here as well. Yeah. Zach, I got, I got who Legends of the Guardians of the Gahul of the Legends is for. <laughs> you know when you're in between a McDonald's, a kid's meal, but you can't really order from the adult menu. This is for the kids who ordered the Mighty Kids meal. Yeah. That's what the Legends <laughs> of the Gogol is for. Okay. This came out the same year uh, the first How to Train Your Dragon came out. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think How to Train Your Dragon is a better movie. Me too. Visually, though, man, even on HBO Max, the visuals <laughs> off of this movie, uh, Guardians, hold up. I'm surprised mm-hmm. considering that it's a book series that they haven't gotten a follow-up. It's been a decade. <laughs> like I said, How to Train Your Dragon finished the entire trilogy yeah. within that time. And it got better, every single one. Visually, story-wise, all of that. But uh, I think that the, the visual flair that, that Guardians has, I think, still holds up. And I'd be curious to see if they are going to continue that because I know that there are Gahul fans out there. <laughs> but they're not advancing in this one right here. No. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it made $140 million worldwide, which is and kind IMAX of more than too. I thought it did. Yeah, I mean, why why not another Legends of the Guardian movie? Mm-hmm. Maybe now that Zack Snyder has more time or a Netflix deal, they'll do anything. Yeah, that too. Okay, our last second round matchup because we're advancing Batman v Superman. There, our last second round matchup is between Watchmen and the short film Snow Steam Iron, the short film that I believe he made in between Batman v Superman and Justice League. Or? I think it was after Justice League. After Justice League, mm-hmm. right. I can double check that, but yeah. As for Snowsteam Iron, you know it's Zack Snyder, so it's obviously visually impressive, doubly so for a movie that was shot on an iPhone. But yes. I think what short films from well-known directors can sometimes do is reveal their crutches, and Snyder's remains this fetish, fetishization of hyper-violent elements above anything else. Yes. This is a movie where it's really it strips away most of the story to give you these garish uncomfortable imagery and that's going to work for some people it's very cool looking it rubbed me the wrong way and especially in a matchup against Watchmen I I can't pick the short film so yeah I'm going Watchmen here yeah, Watchmen, no doubt in my mind, is, is going to go over this. And Watchmen <laughs> is a movie that um, I, I honestly, I like revisiting certain thematic elements of it, maybe even more so than any other Zack Snyder movie. So I guess we'll talk about it more, but yeah, I got to go Watchmen for mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, um, I'm seeing here that it came out the same year Justice League did. From from what I recall, and okay. I could be wrong, the Intercuties will let us know. I believe he had shot this over the weekend with his friends. 
like because he hadn't filmed anything in a while and i believe justice league had already been taken away from him and that's why he mm. just got together and releases shot it on an iphone that's cool yeah an iphone so wow. it's like very very impressive yeah. very interesting you can catch that one out again he released that one on vero but you can catch it on youtube <laughs> Yeah, but it's uh, it, one of the rare YouTube videos with naked women in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a that? lot of other stuff as well. <laughs> Shocking. Um, all in four minutes, but it's got to be Watchmen. I just finished watching yeah. it last night. Three hours and 30 minutes on that ultimate cut. But I picked the directors, and I say it advances. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Watchmen, Batman v Superman. Man of Steel wow. and Dawn of the Dead make our final four. We got two DC movies in our final four for the best Zack Snyder bracket. Let's start it off with the Dawn of the Dead versus Man of Steel matchup. And I, I know for me, uh, <laughs> I know there's all, like I said, there's all these arguments over the character. I would say that the, thi the thing that strikes me about Man of Steel is that the movie itself is way more into the origins of Clark Kent and Superman than I am as a casual fan. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't go to a movie like this to see the talky Krypton sequences or what I thought was like a really poorly staged tornado flashback with Kevin Costner. I want to see Superman saving people. And this movie was a little bit light on that. So I'm going to go Dawn of the Dead here. Ooh. Austin, make your defense. Uh, Talk about why it gets better every single time. Convince uh, us to rewatch it again. Oh man! Well, I don't know if I'm going to take home the victory here, but I but I'll just say this. <laughs> Listen, what I was used to as a kid was obviously the OG, what we call it, version of Superman. The the the, the happy, you know, almost we're already to that level of we're going to save everybody. We're going to we're to, we're going to give our audience a feeling of just joy kind of walking out of this theater obviously you can see a man fly for the first time and that really changed the game when it came to filmmaking and the, the character at its core you go back to the comic books it really was that at a point but I think over the years it started to shift a little bit and the character has become a bit darker and no I'm not necessarily talking about the uh, there are a couple elements of this movie I'm like maybe the color could have been popped a little bit there and we could have used a bit more of what we sometimes know from Snyder but in terms of this a little lightness a li yeah just a little bit right but in terms of this incarnation of the character I like seeing the process of a modern day person man or woman becoming what we all know and granted you know Joss's Justice League I guess we saw him get to that point but mm -hmm. this was more for me is the process of seeing someone get to that point and having to suffer through all of the tragedy that he did and that creates this dark tone this this almost tragic nature of how Clark Kent's you know not necessarily childhood, but in a way childhood, but the way that he went from point A to point B, that is not a, a, a happy story to tell. Now, it could be this iteration of the story. It could be, you know, just the fact that it's such a different version of Superman than we've seen before. But there's something about the tone of this film that works so well for me. And it's not necessarily a problem that I, I've had. A lot of people say, well, Snyder's, you know, DC movies, they're too dark. I don't really find the dark elements of his movies the problem i find it more just character moments that i think we could have done with or without or you know in the turn in batman v superman the casting of like a jesse eisenberg as lex luther all of these little nitpicks mm -hmm. but the tone i believe of man of steel was almost refreshing in the in a way and no he doesn't necessarily go out and save a lot of people but the stakes i think what he was thinking at becoming this character were a lot higher it's i have to do this 
to protect in the grand scheme of things. I have to get them out of here and make them disappear now. And he still wasn't to the Superman that I think we all think of. Maybe not anymore because we have this Mm -hmm. version, but what we all used to think of is the guy that's just great, awesome, you know, Brandon Routh, right? You you know, flying is the safest Mm -hmm. way to travel, that kind of Superman. He wasn't there yet. And I think at the end of the movie, when we get that little line, he puts those glasses on um, and, and she sees him as Clark for the first time. I think that's the first time we saw him as the Superman that I knew before Man of Steel. But this mm. for me, and I think they've done a great mm. job almost amplifying that with the modern animated films, Justice League War, Justice League uh, Apocalypse War. That's the version of Superman almost that Snyder built, as opposed to mm. the version of Superman that we used to get. So in a sense, it's changed how Superman works in my brain, and that's probably why I, I, I and I still have my nitpicks with it, but that's why I accept the movie so much now compared to what yeah. I thought Superman was, and I'm sorry for the tangent, prior no. to Man of Steel. So that's kind of my, that's the reason I'm going to go with Man of Steel, just slightly over a movie that I love in Dawn of the Dead. Damn. I'm not gonna lie, that was a pretty good breakdown. <laughs> I'm gonna go Dawn of the Dead. Um... <laughs> I actually I agree with a lot of what you said because I'm not one who hates a superhero is this and it can't be anything else. Yes. I feel like after he did Watchmen, he has been trying to take all of those aspects of Watchmen, what Doctor Manhattan goes through, mm. and trying to apply it to Superman, right? Because that, that's, that's, that's what Watchmen yeah. that's what Watchmen was supposed to be when Alan Moore made it. He was trying to not make fun of, but really put those characters, yeah, in a real life scenario. So he said all right i directed dr manhattan and did that so what if if what dr manhattan needed to do in watchmen i had superman do that in man of steel right and and yeah that that i'm not against that but dawn of the dead i think there's so (laughs) much in this film that to this day still stands up to it like Zach was saying earlier, the way that uh, it ushered in this whole wave of the zombies being over the top, Zach was right. It was ahead of its time yeah. and where it ends in a found footage style. Yeah, sequence, yeah. There's so many fascinating things to this movie that I, I think mm-hmm. still hold up. But I'm not going to lie. Every single time I watch Man of Steel and after hearing your speech, <laughs> I might rewatch yeah. it again. Oh, thanks, <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it was a good breakdown. Yeah. I think the thing that's interesting about what has happened since we've gotten the Zack Snyder version of the Superman character is that's really pushed DC to kind of embrace this idea yeah. of like not every not every property we have has to be in the same universe either, right? We can have our branch that is the Zack Snyder side, but we can also have okay. a branch that's yeah. the, the Shazam side. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like the the tonal disparity we get from movie to movie. As a as a contrast to Marvel, where a lot of times it feels a little bit more samey, I, I do appreciate that aspect of it. I just didn't it didn't yet work for me in Man of Steel, yeah. unfortunately. Although there are sequences that I like, I, I do really like the sequence where uh, he turns he turns himself in. I think it's one of the yeah. more interesting turns in a superhero me movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm gonna go Dawn of the Dead here as well. So that makes it onto our final. Although. Superman does have one more chance. He does. In the next matchup. To make him bleed. Man. <laughs> Batman v Superman versus Watchmen. Wow. 
this is going to be a tough one for Batman wow. v Superman, though, because to, to me, I, I don't really think the story works that well. I feel like every character is blowing things way out of proportion <laughs> in this movie. It, it's like in the writing of the script, they knew they needed characters to feel a certain way, but weren't exactly sure how to believably get them to that point. It just kind of felt hollow to me. Uh, a, a person who does not like watching superhero movies it, it felt hollow to me so that that's my little neon sign ahead to not take me too seriously but yeah that for those reasons i guess i would go watchman here art are you also with me comparing both ultimate cuts i think i really 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 enjoy both but ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, see they're, I don't know. I actually have them a lot closer, and I know already that's blasphemy to people. I believe Watchmen is what a lot of people want this bracket to win. If it's not 300, it would have been Watchmen. I know I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but I'm going to go Batman v Superman, wow. Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. Wow. It's, there's nothing wrong with the Watchmen cut. I rewatched it last night, but after getting, what was it, last year's, two years ago? Still fresh in my mind, the miniseries version. From HBO, I think mm. it does more mm. with what the themes of Watchmen were supposed to be, but he gets the visual yeah. flair and everything down here. Now, I know people disagree <laughs> with the themes and stuff that are brought up in Batman v Superman, but I honestly think it's just a derivative of this. It's him doing with these characters what Alan Moore did with his original graphic novel and trying to make these characters go up against each other and trying to make these characters face their morality and the stuff that they go through. And again, I'm judging it based off of the ultimate cut. Austin, pick Watchmen. It's fine. I understand. Go for it. We do this tomorrow after I sat with Watchmen a little <laughs> bit more after rewatching it. Of course I pick Watchmen. Oh, man, that's a... Mm, mm-mm-mm. You, you guys making me think here a little bit, and I'm liking it. No, listen. That's there, why we like are... bringing in the third guest. <laughs> <laughs> You're swaying me, guys. You're swaying me. No, there, there are a lot of the great... A lot of great things about Batman v Superman, okay? That there are so many memorable moments and scenes, and as someone who loves, I, I grew up reading comic books, I love superhero movies, most of them, most of them. <laughs> but even even when Zach says the hollowness of the characters and, and certain subplots that I just can't really wrap my head around, and yes, the ultimate avert mm -hmm. the, the ultimate edition does add to the film, like I said, but we still have those moments within the film that I just think it's too much. They went to the Dark Knight Returns, they went to the Death of Superman, and they tried to pull all of these different things that fair. just could couldn't quite come together to create a cohesive film. Now, like Man of Steel, I have gotten better over the years in terms of like, all right, I don't think Batman v Superman is the worst, like people say. Maybe I'm I like it a little bit more. But for me, it's still it's still Watchmen. That's my vote because there's so much to that film that I kind of agree they maybe even explored a bit better in the miniseries. But in terms of the visuals and just certain just you highly memorable moments, it makes me choose Watchmen over Batman v Superman. But both movies, it, it was closer than I ever thought it would be a few years mm -hmm. ago. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Zach's that's flabbergasted. He's like, "How dare he have chosen?" <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm sorry, DC fans, but I, there's a lot of actors I really like in Batman v Superman. Yeah, me too. Which was was cool going back and seeing them, and I, I hope the movie bought Holly Hunter a really nice house. Zach, when there's a Criterion cut of it, I'm just gonna let you know that I'm gonna send it to your house. <laughs> 
I'll send it right back. I know you. Anyway, <laughs> with a bottle of piss too. <laughs> Grandma's peach tea, man. Come on. Oh, <laughs> no, Watchmen's okay. great. Watchmen's great. All right, so Watchmen and Dawn of the wow. Dead have made our finals for the best Zack Snyder movie bracket. Two Zack Snyder classics. And it's a tough choice, but I, I'm going Watchmen here. Look, rewatching, I was reminded that this has one of the most effective, enjoyable introductory montages Fantastic. of all time. The way that he restages historical moments, inserting superhero characters, letting the audience know this is your world, but different. It's a very there's a very literal use of Bob Dylan's The Times Are Changing, but it pulls you in and sets the stage so well. It's honestly some of the best filmmaking that I think Zack Snyder has ever done. I, I yeah, I like Watchmen a lot. Uh, I talked about how I think 300 is the best Zack Snyder movie Zack Snyder has ever made. I think this is the best movie Zack Snyder has ever made. So I'm Woo! I'm happy to pick it here. I'm going to raise you that transition title sequence that he does over Bob Dylan and offer you up the one with Johnny Cash at the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. I'm going to go Dawn of the Dead. I think both of these, my, my top two are, to, are actually Watchmen and Dawn of the Dead. I think these mm. are the, the best he's ever done. But I'd rewatch Dawn of the Dead easily over Watchmen. Is some of that the, the length? Of Watchmen, it's not, not, not no not necessarily the length because I've seen all three cuts. I've seen a theatrical. I've seen what what did I say? The director's cut and the ultimate. I think the ultimate is way too long. That's for sure. But just comparing it between the theatrical and uh, sorry the directors and the theatrical of this one, I think the the newer version of Watchmen is better. Whereas I think the theatrical is better than the director. So it's very interesting <laughs> how I actually have a different opinion on both and the way that they're released in terms of their cuts. But I just think that what Dawn of the Dead did uh, in terms of his directing is usher in a style, usher in stuff that I think I'm very curious to see him explore uh, with the new adaptations, with the, with the sequels that he's going to be doing, with the miniseries that he's going to be doing as well. Again, they're very close. At this point, it's just preference for me. I think Dawn of the Dead holds up a lot more then a lot of people may give it credit for. I know a lot of people like Watchmen, but I think what people love more about Watchmen is the way he was able to adapt, adapt an already established property. I was watching it with the comic book, <laughs> just seeing him actually like recreate the scenes, and I think it's fantastic. I think they're both great movies. They're both four out of fives for me. But I might have to pick Dawn of the Dead because Austin's got to pick the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we bring on a guest and give him the hard decisions. So, Austin... You got to break this tie. What is the best Zack Snyder of all time? Is it sad that this is like the most nervous I've ever been in a long time? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, terrified. I'm, I'm terrified. Big expectations right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, man. Okay. So, I, I think both of you all brought up incredible points, right? And, and me with yeah. my, my comic book superhero loving background, I've just always been such a massive, massive uh, fan of what he does visually with, with comic books and graphic novels in general. And I do think the adaptation, the translation of Watchmen from the page to the screen, I think even more so than the miniseries, was some of the best we've ever seen. Now, the miniseries, I think, dove That's a bit true. deeper and a bit better into the themes and certain things that I just absolutely yeah. loved. I thought it was incredible. But the, the movie really is good. one, it, it's great, it, it is, but the movie was the one that just, I think, really heavily did it justice. And Watchmen is, 
other than Man of Steel. We're going to throw that out. Watchmen is uh, <laughs> the, the Zack Snyder movie that I I like to go back to and revisit more often. Fair. I'm going to go with Dawn of the Dead. It's my choice. Yeah. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the I upset. I thought I was going to lose this one. <laughs> I should have bought a third copy. <laughs> I'm going to buy y'all copies. Inacuities. I'm going to send y'all copies. Dawn of the Dead. Let's go. Right, so why Dawn of the Dead? Uh, so... It, and it's, it's and it's fascinating. Sack. So maybe even before this would have started, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have went with Dawn of the Dead as my choice. I think the reason being is because you look back at the time, at the genre, what it was, mm-hmm. and you look at what the genre is now. Now at this point, it's kind of been overdone, and, and they do some movies, and they feel very familiar and whatnot. But Zack Snyder's style, and I think when we mentioned the found footage sequence, and I think when we mention all of those different elements and just the risks that he's taking with this movie, Bruh. and even preparing for Army of the Dead, the new Netflix movie, and in, in my video I talked about, you know, what he did with Dawn of the Dead um, is something that you should not look over, and it really was first the movie. film first, and and it's the one we often overlook. It's the one we're just like, oh man, it's still Watchmen, this and that, but. This is my case of why we should not overlook Dawn of the Dead. I believe it is, in terms of what he's done for genres across the board, I think the best genre that he's tackled, even though it may be the least significant, is the zombie genre. And that's why I think Army of the Dead is going to be a lot better than people give it credit for, and that's why I'm pumped through the roof. So I am going Dawn of the Dead over Watchmen. Zach, Zach can't believe it. Zach doesn't... (laughs) Sorry, Zach. No, look, uh, so we had done the research going into this. I, I saw Dawn of the Dead for the first time. I hadn't seen it before we were preparing for this bracket. Really? And, you know, I think my experience of it was similar to my experience when I first watched The Breakfast Club, which mm. is I, I recognize so many elements of why it is great, but I'm also, I my, my experience of it, I think, ended up a little bit hampered because I'm so familiar with all the things that it directly influenced, mm, right? Okay. That's so perhaps it's something that I need to just sit with a little more and, and vibe with a little bit more, but it, it is such, you can trace such a direct line from that film to ones that came out after it that I, I wonder if that's why I wasn't blown away the way that I, I wanted to be by by Dawn of the Dead, which I've I've heard nothing but great things about. So I do like it. I, I do think it is one of the better Zack Snyder movies. I'm happy that one of the ones that I think is one of the better ones won this bracket. I know Art was I, gets his way typically his favorite I two did, movies I did not think made it to the finals. I didn't think it would be three hundred, first of all. <laughs> Austin, what's what's the what's your favorite Zack Snyder movie? Was there one that you were hoping made it further in this bracket? Yeah, it was Man of Steel. It was. <laughs> I, I've just I've yeah. I've grown to love that movie so much, but I mean if anything was going to beat it, you know, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with Dawn of the Dead. You know, that's that was a good yeah. choice. Absolutely. So yeah. And uh, your movie ended up in the final four, too. So it did got some representation yes, it for did. it as well. Yeah, felt good. All right. Well, what was your favorite, Zach? Watchmen. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I think 300 has its unique qualities to it that, that make it really remarkable, too. But I, I like a lot of Watchmen, and I think maybe part of that is that it is so different, especially for its time period, drawing from the the graphic novel and, and giving you this more subversive look at superheroes and the role that superheroes play and almost the the 
uh, outsized nature of their abilities mm. to compare to the people around them. I, I just think, you know, like uh, like you guys were saying, these are elements that have come to influence his work in the DC universe. But this is kind of the the inception of those ideas. Yeah. So, I. I like the movie a lot, although in revisiting it, I did notice that I feel like the action is maybe staged a little bit a poorly little. compared to his more super contemporary superhero work. Like, even looking at the stuff that he does in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I don't think he would shoot Watchmen the way he did if he had a second chance. And those are superheroes. One of the biggest part about Watchmen is, to, is that you're supposed to distinguish between all of these humans and mm. how they don't have superpowers yet. Ozymandias is, <laughs> is fighting like, you know, yeah. way too quick. Like it's a 300 type of edit. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. But no, I think a lot of people, I think most, like I said, 300 and Watchmen are the two Zack Snyder movies yes. that I think universally people love the most. And at least Watchmen made it to the finals. <laughs> don't put it on me. Y'all know I was going to pick another movie. I have two copies of this one. Off of my hands, but damn, am I happy. Dawn of the Dead. We got Army of the Dead coming out on Netflix. We got perfect. a series coming out on Netflix. It, I, th I think it's going to be one that, uh, like Austin was saying, if it hasn't already been recognized and if it goes undervalued because yes. all of these other bigger projects that he's done, it's going to be back into the into the pop culture world with, uh, with the follow-ups coming up. So I think a lot of people are going to be revisiting it soon. Yeah. All right. I got a question that's going to be tough for both of you. Are you more excited for the Snyder Cut or Army of the Dead? Oh, I mean, one had a cult. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Y'all just voted Dawn for the Dead. I, you better be excited for Army. I am excited for Army. He, did you see the Army trailer where he put the Snyder Cut in the vault? They break into a <laughs> bank and he has the Snyder Cut in yeah. the bank. Yeah. I am the most excited to revisit, or I'm the most excited to actually watch uh, Army of the Dead because I'm very curious how he's going to follow up which characters are still alive. I'm curious to see a lot of the stuff that he left open in Dawn of the Dead. I'm very curious to see how the movie's going to tie in to the TV series. Mm. Zach and I always talk about how everything is no longer just a film. It's got to have a counterpart series going with it. I want to say it's equal only because the story in Snyder Cut isn't what I'm excited for. It's just the fact it exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be me. Awesome. All right, so that's about all for our best Zack Snyder bracket. Let us know what the best Zack Snyder film is in our comments or by shooting us an email. The address for that is intercutpod at gmail.com. We're going to wrap this up with the new to see and give you our picks for the week recommendations for what y'all should watch out there i will kick us off here with just a small film because the inheritance is hitting virtual theaters mm. i saw it way back at new york film fest and this is not a movie that i would re recommend for everybody because it's a kind of slow moving art film very talky mm -hmm. it's about this collective of black artists that try to detach themselves from capitalism and the obstacles that stem from not just talking about it but actually doing it there are parts of this movie that have really stuck with me you know the, the arguments over how to be a collective and also make sure everybody takes their shoes off when they enter the house. So if that's a premise that intrigues you, give it a shot. The Inheritance is going to be in virtual theaters. Art, what about you? Any recommendations for the week? Uh, we've been prepping on a lot of stuff to catch up on for South By and a lot of other uh, links that we've been getting. But I think the one that is not available for everybody to watch, believe it or not, Zach, when the hell have I ever offered up an Apple TV Plus suggestion? 
Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry, was a doc yeah. that I absolutely was intrigued, just fascinated with. Caught it twice, and it is a long documentary. This bad boy is two hours. I don't, I don't think it's two hours and a half, but it is up there. It even comes with an intermission. But I think it is a great look, not only at uh, Billie Eilish as an artist, but it's a coming-of-age story, really, of her, how she's doing all of this with her family by her side, with her brother, as many know, who is her collaborator, just that whole creative process that both of them have. But it, it's interesting because when we were her age, that was a completely different world to what she's going through now. The As an artist, seeing what everybody is saying about you Instantly. You're not waiting for the reviews the following week, the following day. They are there the moment the album drops. All of the pressure mm-hmm. that is on a kid, a, a literal child uh, becoming a, a pop star. And the way that they're able to follow her throughout these years and comparing it with a lot of other you know, artists like Justin Bieber and uh, just seeing the perspective of her parents and what they're doing you know, in terms of raising her and uh, just the way she goes about just trying to have any freedom in her life during this day and age, I think... I think it was a fantastic documentary. I didn't expect to like it that much. I do have gripes with it, I, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, because we've been talking on the podcast in, in recent months or whatever about the slate of documentaries oh. that are kind of co-produced by the subject themselves yeah. and like the Taylor Swift one. And do they take like a good enough look at the and person? That's what the doc is missing in some cases. RJ mm-hmm. Cutler said that he got a, he got a director's cut right from the start, but it was the family that reached out to him. I don't feel that he went as deep as he could have on other things. It is ironic mm-hmm. to call out other companies, but not Apple, the company that a lot of people may say made Billie Eilish and is now hosting her documentary. There's a lot there that is still missing. But yes, as we've been talking about, there are the unfiltered docs. Then there's the docs that are co-signed. And as a co-signed doc, it's a very good documentary in that case. So I don't take it as the be-all. There are some elements dealing with the boyfriend that should have been disclosed and they weren't in the doc. Zach, how do you feel about a documentary, a, a docu- documentarian getting a writer's credit? Well, that's that's happened sometimes, I guess. It's a new wave that's been happening in yeah. where they're not necessarily writing. They just give themselves the writing credit because of the editing that they're doing. I got into a little a little uh, just research into that and, and, yeah. and what comes about to that. But it really shows you that there is a narrative that comes with it. Yeah, and the narrative absolutely. gets to be told by whoever gets hired in order to make these documentaries Um but compared to a lot of these, there's still stuff that's missing, but I think it's a fascinating look at her as an artist, and it's a coming-of-age tale of uh, a young artist right now. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to check that one out. So, on Apple TV+, Plus, Billie Eilish, the world's a little bit blurry. Austin, what about you? Any recommendations for the people at home? Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys may have already talked about it. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Have you talked about Little right. Fish? yet yeah i saw that you like this one a lot it's a good one man i i really did so you know you hear movies coming out about a pandemic and automatically it's like okay but then (laughs) you realize that it was actually at least written prior to the pandemic and this is a very different Mm -hmm. kind of pandemic because it's about two individuals that um are dealing with a world where the virus is losing your memory so it Mm -hmm. is this small scale well little fish this small scale story about this couple (laughs) that have to deal with one of them starting to go through that at Jack O'Connell and Olivia Cook, Cook right? I think it is. Olivia Cook, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're the, yeah. the leads, the stars of the movie. 
but it's more so the way that the movie is put together and the editing and, and the callbacks to um, mm -hmm. different moments in the time periods of their lives. And then you get to the end, and not to spoil anything, I was just really taken aback by the way this film was put together. And it's not often when a film comes out dealing with a, a romantic relationship that almost... It does something unconventional, something different like this. And I just, I really liked the way this was put together. And it's in the, the top four or five movies of the year so far for me. So I think the parts of the score were a little bit repetitive. And there are moments that I could mm -hmm. have done without. But overall, I, I, the biggest recommendation, at least at this part in the year, for me is Little Fish. Because people are just overlooking it. It's on demand right now, I believe, available mm -hmm. for rent. Uh, but man, what, what a nice, charming, uh, heartbreaking, but slightly charming movie that was yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah, when, when I talked about it on the show, I talked about how uh, one of the things I like is that it's kind of a movie packed inside another movie. It's this yeah. romantic melodrama set inside this sort of alternate world sci-fi, if you want to call it that, because of this memory pandemic. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot to like about it. It is genuinely, like, heartbreakingly romantic in spots. Uh, my little letterbox review that I'm a little bit too proud of is it call it A Walk to Not Remember, and if you don't get that joke, you don't <laughs> appreciate Mandy more. But yeah, I agree with you. It's probably one of the standouts so far from 2021. Yeah, I agree with Check that. out Apples. Have you checked out Apples? I haven't seen Apples, no. Uh, you should check out Apples. It's a similar... A world with memory loss, okay. but it has a more more quirky Greek weird wave edge to it. You know, it's, it's like Yorgos Lanthimos t it, uh, took on that plot. And I think he, the director was Yorgos AD at one point. He worked with yeah, Yorgos, yeah. so yeah. Wow. Check it out when you can. We were really hoping okay. it was going to get some Oscar shortlist love. It did not. But if you like Little yeah. Fish, then I think that'd be one that you want, you want to see. Yeah, that sounds... That uh, Yorgos, man, you throw that name in there, I'm automatic. You okay, <laughs> interesting. Okay, I'm definitely on board. Cool. All right, so Little Fish and whenever that one's available, Apples is another recommendation wow. from us. But I think that's about all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at Zshevich, that's Z-S-H-E-V as in Vanessa Hudgens, I-C-H. Austin, where can the people find more from you? Yeah, you guys can find me uh, on YouTube, Austin Burke. I like to cover streaming things. I like to cover pretty much everything that comes out, and then occasionally talk about news yeah. and, and the comic bookie, the madness going on in my background here. Uh, you guys can also find me on Letterboxd, uh, Austin Burke. Just hit 10,000 on there. Uh, I love I literally nice. everything I watch I log so it's it's more of a fun thing and then uh, Twitter Instagram at the Birkinator and you too thank you thank you thank you so much for having me this oh, was definitely. a blast I am a just yeah, as man. big of a fan as anyone listening so it was really cool <laughs> to be on this side of the screen yeah and I was telling Austin I was like you see his reviews everywhere you can go online you go on Twitter you're mm -hmm. on Letterboxd Austin's I told, hustling I told him I opened up my fridge and there was an Austin review in there as well <laughs> I can't escape it Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, too. Thank you so much. Art, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find me at LME, getting yelled at for not choosing 300 or Watchmen, probably. I'm with hey, you, man. Yep. Let's go. Dawn of the Dead for the win. <laughs> you can yell at me about that over on Twitter at LME Explain, over on YouTube. Uh, go to the iTunes podcast. Leave us a review yelling at us. I don't yeah. care. Give us the interactions. And you can catch me every week here on the Intercut Pod. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher, I Like Overcast, and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces as we 
go through the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Monday. Mm-hmm. Please leave us a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. Shout out to our listeners in Nigeria and Portugal hey. for putting us on the TV and film podcast hey. charts out there. Like our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages. All of them are at Intercut Pod. Go check out the Patreon. Go check out the Discord. You'll get updates throughout the week from art, from me, from Austin, from all the guests we feature here yes, on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, we live in a society. <laughs>